0: Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcast to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hey Savvies, welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. So today I'm here with Krista of the Krista Diction Show. So Krista is a course and launch strategist and the founder of KristaDixon.com. She helps female entrepreneurs create and sell wildly popular courses so that they can work less, make more, and help more people by teaching what they love. So I'm super excited to have Krista here today chat to chat all about her podcast. So let's dive right in. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited you're here, and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive in, tell us a little bit about yourself, your podcast,
1: and just how you got started with it all. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I am an online business expert. I mainly work with B2B entrepreneurs who want to create more freedom, more space, more free time, and more money in their businesses by stepping away from so much one-on-one service work and transitioning into creating online courses. So I teach a lot of launch strategy, course creation, things like that. I run a podcast called The Krista Dixon Dixon. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> I run a podcast called The Krista Dixon Show. And I have been podcasting for about nine months when we're recording this, I think, but it'll be just over a year actually when the episode goes live. So for a while now, and I love it. So I'm super excited to chat about it.
0: Yeah. Podcasting is so much fun. It's one of those things that I was like excited to get into. I started about two and a half years ago and I was excited and I just didn't really know what to expect. And then it just became like my favorite thing. Like now I don't even, I don't think I've written a blog post in like, probably at least six plus months. I mean, I do show notes and stuff, but that's different. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because I know you started blogging with blogging as well. So it's interesting to see how it evolves and like how, you know, blogging just isn't the same as it used to be, at least for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I prefer podcasting much more now.
1: Yeah. I'm the exact same. I've always loved blogging. I love writing. I blogged for years and years and years before I ever had a podcast, but I think you're right. It has changed a little bit. Maybe the style of blog posts that people enjoy has changed a bit. And I just find podcasting is easier and a lot quicker for me, especially if I outsource some of it, which I do. I like to outsource the editing portion. So basically, I just get to like create the podcast episode, which is my favorite thing to do, and then pass it off and kind of forget about it. Whereas with blogging, I found that I was a little bit too much of a perfectionist sometimes. So I would sit there and like proofread it over and over and over again, trying to make sure there was no errors. Whereas with a podcast, it's a lot more like freestyle, free flow. And again, I kind of outsource the editing portion. So I really just get to do this stuff that I actually enjoy, which is creating the actual content. So I think that's why I probably prefer it now to blogging. Although I do still like blogging. It has like a special place in my heart, but I'm definitely a bigger fan of the podcasts for sure.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think it's easier too because you can just sit down, have a little outline and record versus blogging, you feel like you have to be more formal and stuff like that, too. So it's definitely a different type of medium, but I I love it. So what kind of made you start your podcast? Um, Anything in particular where you just kind of like kind of wanting to get into a new
1: medium or what really just made you do that? Yeah, I'd say it's a combination of a few things. One, like I just mentioned, I was spending way too much time (laughs) making my blog posts, and I think that my audience as well had kind of shifted over the period of a few years, and when I surveyed them, they told me they were definitely listening to more podcasts than they were reading blog posts. I think um, a lot of people read blog posts when they're like searching for something specific, so they might go to Google type something in, read a blog post, but they're not necessarily as invested in like one particular blogger, if that makes sense, as they might've been in the past. Whereas with a podcast, people are more likely to subscribe and actually tune in week after week. Whereas I don't think that many people are doing that with blogs these days, at least not in my niche. So It was kind of a combination of, I was spending way too much time doing the blog posts and getting too much in my head about it. And then also thinking about what my audience wanted and where, you know, they were actually active and engaged and that was podcasting. So I decided I would start my podcast and I love it. So it was a really good decision.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, really. I mean, you're right. People, like, when they are looking for blog posts, they just look on Pinterest and stuff, and they kind of look at a bunch of different articles versus the podcast. And you get really in tune with one person or maybe two or three people, and you really just follow those people and really listen to what they have to say versus, like, hopping all over the place. I mean, I'm sure there are people who listen to a ton of different podcasts. I know I used to be that person. Um, but, yeah, you really do kind of get comfortable with one or two people, and you really just kind of, like... Want to listen to every single episode that person
1: puts out. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think there's so much more connection to when you can actually hear someone's voice. I mean, you're not seeing their face, but still you're hearing their voice, you're getting the inflection, their tone. They might have some like funny phrases they use, and you just really get to know the person on a more personal level, I think, when you listen to a podcast versus just reading a blog post. So that's another reason I really love it is getting to make that more personal connection with my audience as well. Totally agree.
0: So what kind of format do you have your with your podcast? Do you do like solo interview or a mix of the two? And then how often are you actually putting out those new episodes?
1: So I mainly do solo episodes. I don't even know if I've done any interviews yet, at least when we're recording this episode that may have changed, but um, I prefer solo right now mainly because it's less work on my part and I'm still kind of, you know, getting my feet wet. I've been podcasting for nine months, like I said, but I wouldn't say I'm like an expert by any means. So I like the solo episodes because I can really kind of control the flow a little bit. I like the process of like creating an outline for an episode and teaching things. I think I would like to do more interviews at some point, but I'm still trying to figure out like what that would look like, who I'd want to bring on my show and stuff like that. And then in terms of how often I put out episodes right now, I'm on a once weekly schedule so right now it's once a week on Wednesdays and i found that that works really well for me although i do have an idea and i would like to start releasing maybe some shorter like bonus episodes so there might be like two episodes a week sometimes but we'll see if that comes into play i think it could be fun though
0: yeah i totally agree with that i think that's really fun and you know i solo episodes are it's funny some people say they're easier some people say they're harder i think they're they're easier in the sense that you don't have to coordinate schedules, but Mm -hmm. they're harder in the sense that it's like, you're coming up with more content versus like the guest episodes, like the content is already basically there because you're just having a conversation. So I think it's interesting to kind of see, like some people think solos are easier, some people think guests are easier. I'm kind of in the camp of, I think guests are easier, but solos are easier to like find time to record.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it, that's exactly it. I think when I get to a point where maybe I'm recording a lot more in advance, which right now I'm recording, you know, a week or two prior to the episode going live. But if I was recording a month in advance or two months, I think the interviews would be easier to set up because then I'd have that big chunk of time. But right now, since I'm not working that far in advance with the podcast, it's just easier for me to like sit down, plan an episode, record it myself, and then it's kind of done and off my plate.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So when it comes to your podcast, is there anything that you feel is like working best right now? I know you said you outsource your editing stuff and that could be something, but anything that you just feel is working really well.
1: Yeah. I think I've got a pretty good flow down for like how I create my episodes. I usually record them about, what would it be like nine days early? So if I release on a Wednesday, I record the Monday of the week prior and I kind of stick to that. That seems to work well for me. I outsource my editing, like I said, which works so well for me. I'm really not a person who likes a lot of like detail-oriented work. I think I would drive myself nuts if I had to sit down and like edit every episode. So I much prefer, you know, the creative side, creating the content. I love teaching. So I'm very, very glad I'm able to outsource that part. And then I have a pretty good system too, I would say, for like how I create my show notes, how I make my social media images. Everything kind of has like a nice little system or process that I follow. So I find that really, really helpful to have that like kind of structure, I guess you could say. And then what else? I think one thing I really prefer when I'm listening to podcasts and one thing people have told me they enjoy about mine is I do try and keep like a conversational sort of tone. I'm not super bubbly and chipper and i also don't like crazy edit things so that like i sound super different i just try and keep it really laid back and really casual and i've had a lot of people say that they enjoy that over some other podcasts that maybe are overly produced i guess you could say and the host just sounds like i don't know what would you call it like stepford wife like just very polished and like they're reading off a script or something like that and i think at least my audience in particular they don't necessarily like that style of podcasting. They more prefer like the conversational sort of tone. So that's one thing I try and do with my show that my audience likes. And I honestly would recommend that to everyone.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's really good to be conversational. And I, I'm not a huge proponent of over-editing. Obviously, mm-hmm. the podcast agency, um, some of my clients are like that. Some of them, you know, they like it to be more edited, more polished and stuff. It really depends on the person and what their business is. So we run into both things um, and we kind of get, adapt to that person's style. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that you're just kind of like, okay, like here's how we typically do it. You know, if you prefer more ums taken out or, you know, more things taken out, that's perfectly fine, but here's kind of our style. And then we kind of adapt to what they like. So, um, but yeah, I agree. Mine is pretty not polished myself either. Like, I mean, sometimes <laughs> my dogs will be barking and I'm just, I'm like, whatever. I don't even have my husband take them out because he's my editor for my show. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's like real
1: life. People well, that's that's what understand. I was just going to say. That's it's life, you know? And I think <laughs> if one of your goals with your podcast is to connect with people on that personal level, then having that really conversational element, maybe not editing out every single mistake or every dog bark just makes it feel more real and like almost allows people to connect with you more because they're like, this is an actual real person on the other end of, you know, my ear pods I'm listening with and not just like some super polished fake-ish person.
0: (laughs) Right. I I agree with that a hundred percent. And like I said, like some of my clients like it one way, some like it the other. Mm -hmm. So it's just about like what they want, but I'm in the same camp as you. Um, so kind of on the other side of things, what is something you wish you could have done better with your podcast and what did you learn from that?
1: Okay. Let's see. I've definitely had some tech failures. I'm sure most podcasters have at some point, I think when I started my podcast, I was recording my audio in a tool called Audacity, which is a really great editing tool, and you can record in there as well. So what happened, I think on multiple occasions, is I recorded an entire episode. It was like 30 or 40 minutes long, and then I went to look at the audio file, and it was missing like chunks of the audio. Like Every 10 seconds, it just had cut out for like two or three seconds, so the entire episode was just had to be like garbaged essentially and i was like why was i not looking at what i was doing i just like closed the program or minimized it recorded the whole thing and then had to completely throw it away so that was frustrating i ended up switching to a different software because of that so i mean that's just something i'd recommend for anyone starting a podcast or if you're just new to podcasting make sure you get like the right tech and you're really comfortable with it and you know what you're doing because that happened to me a couple of times. That was pretty rough. Um, In terms of anything else that's gone wrong, I think I've been pretty lucky that things have gone relatively smoothly, mainly because I do do the solo episode. So like, you know, if I mess something up, I just take it out of the episode. But yeah, I would say probably tech has been the biggest thing to sort out and make sure I had it right. Now I have some tools I'm happy with and that doesn't happen anymore. Thank goodness. But yeah, making sure you have the right tech is really, really important when you're starting.
0: Oh, you're so correct. Yeah. No, that sounds like such a pain. Like I didn't (laughs) even thought about that happening. I usually record on Zoom because I do mostly have guest episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously like that's easy. I mean, some people will, will record like they'll Talk on zoom but they're both record locally but to me that seems like a pain in the butt with a guest because then you're like hey can you send me your audio file <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> instead exactly. of like having it already yeah so for me i'm like no like that's you know probably sounds a little better but at the same time like i'd rather not have to like, yeah Jump through hoops to get someone's audio. Um, totally. <laughs> so yeah, so I think I think that's good. And I think having tech, good tech is good. And you don't mean like anything insanely crazy. Like, you know, Zoom is free for, you know, two people, um, you know, and if you have guests and you have multiple co-hosts or whatever, then it's like 16 bucks a month or something. Mm-hmm. It's not super crazy. And you know, a lot of the editing software is really not that pricey at all, or some of it's even free. So, you know, finding good tech is important, but you don't, you also don't need to spend like an arm and a leg either. mm-hmm hundred percent. So when it comes to new, like getting listeners, where do you think those people are coming from? Like social media, um, from you being on other people's shows, I mean, obviously, podcast analytics are terrible. But
1: <laughs> guess, where would you? Be? That is true. I think a lot of mine come from Instagram, which is sort of my big social media focus, I guess you could say. So a lot of them come from Instagram. I always try. Well, I shouldn't say I do this. I I try my best to email my newsletter subscribers when I have new episodes, I definitely don't do that enough. I should do that more. But when I do, I like see an uptick in, you know, people clicking over and listening. And then I would say the other place too is actually Pinterest, which might be surprising. I'm not sure, but I always make sure that I create a few different pins for each of my episodes. And I also create a blog post to go along with each episode. So I link the pins to the blog, share those far and wide with Tailwind and, you know, group boards on Pinterest. And I think I do get a decent amount of traffic from there as well. So yeah, I'd probably say email, Instagram, and then Pinterest, but in kind of like a roundabout way. I don't usually link them directly to iTunes or anything. It's to the blog. And then they listen from there.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like a lot of people are getting their traffic from Instagram a lot, but Pinterest is one that, you know, I think that that one really works well for me too. And I think it works for a lot of business podcasts or could work, but people don't think about it. They're like, oh, that's just for blog posts or a lot of people are still in the camp that, are it's just for recipes or home decor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you used to do Pinterest a lot back in the day and I know mm-hmm. I did too. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, a lot of people are still in that camp, but it's definitely really good for podcasting too, not just blog posts. So if you guys are listening and you have a businessy focused podcast, then I think you should try and get Pinterest to try and see what works. Um, Just one note, I found that whenever I do ones that look like a podcast episode, like it has like me and the guest headshot and stuff, um, and it doesn't perform as well, but when it looks more like it's just a blog post, people are more likely to click through. I mean, then, then people are more likely to, to end up subscribing. In the long run, I, I think they just get kind of confused when they see that it's actually a podcast episode like on the graphic. But if they click through and it looks like a blog post graphic, then they're more likely to stick around and listen and potentially subscribe. That's just kind of what I've seen from my experience for some reason. I don't know why, but it seems like people are more likely to click through if it looks like more like a typical blog post graphic versus like, where it says like episode whatever and has like headshots and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like if you think about most people who are on Pinterest probably aren't kind of in the right headspace to listen to a podcast, maybe it's not really what's on their mind. So they click on it thinking it's a blog. And then when they get there, they might be like, oh, okay, that is something I want to listen to. And then they go over and listen to it. So maybe it's just depending on like what people are going to Pinterest for, which is not not just recipes, like you said, but they're looking for, I think, written content for the most part, recipes, blog posts, et cetera. So I guess it does make sense. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to make sure I uh, create the right kind of graphics for my Pinterest when I do interviews. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah, you'll have to let me know how it goes, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I've discovered and I've, I've talked to a couple of people about it too that use Pinterest and they kind of felt the same way. So I was like, okay, it's not just me, like I'm not crazy, but <laughs> it just seems funny that that's how it is. But it, it does make sense because you're right, people are usually looking for blog posts on Pinterest mm-hmm. and they go over and they're like, oh, this is actually really good. Then, you know, they're more likely to stick around. But if it looks like that from the get go, then they may not even attempt to click through. <laughs> Have a podcast idea, but not sure where to even begin when it comes to pre and post production, I can help. Grab the podcast submission checklist that walks you through all the steps you need to take before putting your podcast out into the world. You can snag it at Savvy slash checklist. So when it comes to your listeners, do you have anything specific that you do to kind of turn those people into clients and customers in your business?
1: Yeah. I'd say in pretty much every one of my episodes, I try and either talk about like a current offer or one of my offerings that's related to the episode, or I will share one of my opt-in freebies or lead magnets or whatever you want to call it. So I'd say I need to get better at doing this, but probably at least every second episode, I do make sure that either the beginning Or at the end, I, again, I either talk about something that's one of my paid offerings or some kind of freebie. And then I'll link that obviously in the show notes and in my blog posts and just try and get people on my list that way, nurture them. And then at some point, hopefully they will turn into clients or customers.
0: Totally. Yeah. And that's like something that a lot of people don't do. So you're a lot of people. <laughs> most people are like, Oh, I could do that. I didn't know I could do that. Or like they just link it in their posts, but they don't even mention it. Cause they think people are right. just going to the show notes and it's like, no, they're probably not going to go unless you, they know what's in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's important. And I think it's, you know, it's a good way to get people on your list and then you can chat with them further because podcasting is kind of a one way street. We do not really have any way to like, talk to people other than them leaving you reviews, but you can't even mm-hmm. respond to the review. So it's like once you're, you have them, once you're in there eight your buds, you have to direct them elsewhere. Otherwise you're just going to kind of lose that connection because you're only having a one-way conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when it comes to keeping people coming back for more, how, is there anything specific that you do for that? Um, you know, to make people want to listen each week?
1: Yeah, I would say something I always try and do is I try and make my listeners feel like they're a part of the podcast, like a part of my process. I generally will do that by talking about something on an episode and then referring them, like you said, pointing them somewhere else. So like, come on over and follow me on Instagram because every so often I like to run polls on my Instagram stories and have people vote for like what topic I should share or teach next on my podcast or like, you know, I've got these two topic ideas, which one do you want to learn about first? Stuff like that. So they really get to feel like they're a part of the whole process of how I create the episodes and what the topics are. And I think that kind of, I mean, I hope that keeps people involved and makes them want to listen to future episodes because again, they do feel like they were kind of a part of the decision-making process. So I think that's really fun. One other thing I do as well, I don't even know when I thought thought of this idea, but I thought that it might kind of entice people to come back week after week if I sort of strung my podcast episodes together in a way. This is actually something I do in my courses, so maybe that's where the inspiration came from but So for example, like let's say at the end of one episode, I might do a summary of the episode, give them some kind of call to action, and then I'll kind of tease whatever the episode's going to be for the next week to get people excited so that they hopefully come back the next week and listen again. And I'll just do that kind of over and over. Or sometimes I'll even make series. So I'll have like a two-part series or three-part series. Again, just to create that sense of like, I want you to come back next week. You know, you got one piece of the pie this week, next week we're covering the second part of this topic. So yeah, those are probably the main things I do. I think it works pretty well. I hope, like you said, podcast analytics aren't that great. So (laughs) I don't really know for sure if it's working, but it feels good. So yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It is hard to tell. And that's like, I feel like the only way you can really tell is if you make like a specific link for podcast stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I do is like, I just duplicate my pages for my, um, opt-ins or whatever it is, and then just have it be a different URL. So on the podcast, I would be like whatever.com slash checklist or something, but the actual URL is like something else. So I would use that just for the podcast. So I kind of know what um, is working, or you could use like pretty links or something too, if you have WordPress. Mm, that's so smart.
1: That's genius. I'm going to do that.
0: <laughs> You'll have to let me know how it works cuz yeah. that's like the only way you can really know if people are coming from mm-hmm. like your podcast cuz it's, you know, it doesn't really register in Google Analytics if people, you know, it just says direct. Right? Yeah. Totally. So it's not mm-hmm. very helpful. <laughs> cool. And then lastly, um what is just one piece of advice that you'd give anyone who's looking to start a podcast but they just don't even know where to begin?
1: I would say honestly, you've just got to kind of do your own thing. Like I kind of touched on this earlier, but don't worry so much about what other people are doing with their podcasts. Don't worry if you're following the exact same format they do for their episodes, or don't feel like you have to follow what anyone else is doing. Is I guess, my point. Like you can create a podcast in any way. Like it's your show essentially, right? You get to make all the decisions. So for me, for example, at least as of yet, I don't do any like advertisement spots on my show. I don't do anything like that, and that's just a decision I've made. Yes, lots of other people do that, but for me, it just doesn't feel right. So um, that would be my biggest piece of advice: is just kind of put your blinders on. Don't worry so much about what everyone else is doing. You can definitely take inspiration from shows that you like, but feel free to get creative with it. And if you want to do things differently than how most people are doing, then I say, go for it. Like it's so important as well to keep the process really fun for you. Cause if you start to, I don't know if you get too regimented with it or you start trying to do what everyone else is doing, you might lose that motivation and that passion that you have for your podcast. And it's hard to fake that, you know, like if I wasn't showing up each week and recording when I was feeling really good, feeling excited, you know, ready to talk about the topic, I think it would come across if I was in a bad mood or wasn't that excited. So just do what you've got to do to create a show that feels good for you, that your audience is going to enjoy. And don't worry so much about what anyone else is doing.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 150% because you're so right. People can tell when you are not feeling inspired and you're not showing up the way you normally show up. People can read that energy. You know, people are not (laughs) stupid. So (laughs) when they can tell that you're not like showing up as who you normally do or as how you normally do, then that is just, you know, that makes people kind of turned off and not want to listen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to kind of listen to like what you feel good about and not try to listen to all these experts like of course in some cases some experts have you know good stuff to offer but it can also be like a way that people procrastinate from doing what they need to do too, because yes it's so busy listening to all these people yes. and trying to do the right thing. They end up getting paralyzed because they're just like, I don't even know where to get. Like I know exactly. people who run into that. And I'm like, and then they tell me, Oh, it's been three years. I've had this idea for three years and like, oh, I've been so stressed out. And I'm like, Whoa, like, no, <laughs> it doesn't need to be that hard.
1: <laughs> exactly. And like podcasting is something that's going to change and grow as you change and grow. So it's so much better to just start. And even if it's not perfect, you know, like just start recording the episodes. They're going to get better over time. You don't need to worry so much about it. Right. Um, the other thing I was going to say too, is anyone starting a podcast, if you're like me and you feel kind of overwhelmed by some of the tech or like the editing process, just outsource that seriously. Like, I've actually, I don't even think I've ever edited one of my own episodes because like I said, I'm just much more of a like creative person. I like the process of recording and, and mapping out an episode. I hate detail work. It's like my nightmare. So having that part off my plate really helps keep it more fun for me. I think if I had to do the editing and stuff, I would dread the process a lot more. And like we're saying, it's so important to keep it fun and have your motivation for it. So if you need to get the editing or anything, any part of the process off your plate, definitely, definitely outsource. I can't recommend it enough.
0: Oh no, 150%. I mean, that is like the biggest thing people usually come to us with. They're like, mm-hmm. it's been three months or six months and I've been editing, but now I'm starting to hate my show because I have to edit it too and all this stuff. And like, that's usually the thing people want to get rid of first editing. And it's, it's definitely one of those things that is just like a pain in the butt. And if you're not like a technical person, it's hard to learn. Like one of my clients, who we help with editing and her entire process now, like she literally would spend like three hours on an hour long episode because it just wasn't her forte. And you know, my editor, I don't edit either because no, that's not my thing, but um, (laughs) my editor um, does it really well. And she can whip it out in like an hour, but that was taking my client three hours for like an hour or less episode, which, you know, it wasn't her zone of genius. So it makes total sense Mm -hmm. um, that it was taking her so long. So it's just like, it's really important to, because you don't want to dread your show because obviously you're creating it because you enjoy it. If you get to the point where you're, you know, everything you have to do other than recording is a chore and
1: a pain, then you're going to probably fall off the wagon at some point. Mm -hmm, That's exactly it. And It was the same for me. Like I would take so long if I had to edit my episodes or even like editing videos, anything like that. It's just, it's not my zone of genius. Like you said, so (laughs) I can pass off an episode to my editor and she does it in less than an hour every single time. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I don't understand it's magic, but I love it. I'm so, so glad I can just pass it off to her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally understand. It's super important. And then lastly, just tell us where we can find you online. So your podcast, your website, your social
1: media channels, all that good stuff. Yeah. So my pot or er, my podcast I already mentioned is the Krista Dixon. Why can I not say that? Krista Dixon show. <laughs> um my website URL is probably gonna have changed by the time this episode comes out. So I will make sure, Jenny, that I give you the correct link. But right now it's the contentboss.com. I'm hoping to rebrand just to my name so everything is kind of the same moving forward. So it would be kristadixon.com and same for social media. So at the content boss, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. I love Instagram stories. I'm obsessed. Like it's all I want to do all day, every day, which is kind of a problem, but (laughs) that's okay. And yeah, all social media is at the content boss. And I will most likely transition that over to my name if, and when that uh, comes about. So yeah, come hang out. I would love to connect with everyone.
0: Yeah. I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes um, so everyone can go check you out. And thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed chatting with you today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun and I hope it was helpful for everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode.
0: You can find all the details from this episode by going to com slash episode 170. I'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player like Apple podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at Savvy podcasting for and on Facebook at Savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs and Instagram at Savvy podcasting. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to Savvy podcasting for slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for Savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs listeners. I'll see you there.